0: Well, this morning we've been blessed to hear a number of testimonies of faith in Jesus Christ. We'll hear some more in just a moment. And then we'll witness these dear brothers and sisters publicly identifying with Jesus Christ through baptism. They are sharing the truth today that Jesus is their Savior and that Jesus has changed their life. This morning I want us to look at a classic Christmas text from Luke chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. A text, a classic Christmas text in which we see the good news of Jesus changing people's lives forever. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read for us, beginning in verse 6 to set the context a little bit, but we'll focus in on the Shepherds in verses 8 through 20. So Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. While they, that is Mary and Joseph, were there, the days were completed for Mary to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. This is the word of God. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for revealing to us these intimate portraits of your first advent, your first coming, how it was announced first to Zacharias and then to Mary and then to Joseph and then on the night of your birth, your coming was announced to shepherds. Lord, thank you for taking note of people like us, letting us know through your word the truth of salvation and letting us know through your faithful witnesses the truth of how we can have our sins forgiven. Lord, let us take heed to this message today and let it take hold of us. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. I want us to see this morning, very simply and very briefly, two important truths about Jesus that are revealed to us in this passage. Two important truths about Jesus that we can glean from this passage. First of all, Jesus is the good news of great joy for all people. The good news of great joy, which was announced to the shepherds, which was to be for all people, is Jesus himself. The shepherds were staying out in the open air, as was their habit and practice, guarding their flock at night, caring for their flock. Shepherds were not on the lowest rung of the social ladder, but they were pretty far down there. Blue-collar workers, largely uneducated, unsophisticated, and they smelled like sheep. They were counted among the common people, to be sure. So here they are, watching their sheep, as they had done countless nights before. This night seemed no different than any other, but this night would prove to be completely like all other nights. Verse 9 tells us that an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Can you imagine the stillness and the quiet of the darkened countryside, instantly interrupted by the dazzling appearance of a heavenly angel? Angels, as we've seen and even referenced this morning in our one of our scripture readings, are divine messengers. They are servants of the Lord that do the Lord's bidding. It was an angel that brought the news to Zacharias that he and his wife would have a son, that he would be the forerunner to the Messiah. It was an angel that appeared to Mary, informing her that she was to carry in her womb the long-awaited Messiah who would save the people from their sins. And it was an angel that appeared to Joseph and told him that Mary had supernaturally conceived a child without knowing a man. With this angel of the Lord came with it the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory of the Lord, the radiance of God, very God, shone around them. The Shekinah glory of the Lord manifested itself and surrounded them, enfolded them against the darkness of the surrounding night. It must have been a spectacular display of beauty and majesty, unparalleled by anything in this world. And what was their response? Absolute terror. They were horrified. They feared for their lives. Literally, the text says they feared a great fear. Even their fear was afraid. They were filled with it. And wouldn't you be? We're all going to die. We've seen something of the glory of God, and we're not fit to be in His presence, and we're all going to die. Seeing the terror that had gripped their hearts, the angel quickly reassures them in verse 10 Do not be afraid. What a merciful God we serve. In the face of God's glory, we should all be terrified, we should all be ready to die. But he quickly reassures us through his messengers, do not be afraid. For there's good news if you'll receive it. I'm here to proclaim to you, the angel says, good news of great joy. You're not going to die. In fact, far from it, you're going to live like you've never lived before. The word translated as good news would later become synonymous with the gospel message itself. The gospel is good news. Sharing the good news is evangelism. It comes from this very word, good news. And it truly is good news. It's such good news that it brings joy to those who hear it and receive it. It is good news that results in great joy. Joy, abundant joy, overflowing joy. Joy that eclipses our sorrows. Joy that tempers our suffering. It is this good news that takes us from terror and dread of coming judgment because of our sin. And it transports us to great joy all because of the good news. The good news of God's grace and forgiveness that are ours in Jesus Christ. And then the angel says that the good news of great joy will be for all the people. This good news of great joy is not intended for the select few, for the cultured elite. It's to be for all people. Praise God for that. The good news is intended for every person on the globe to hear regardless of race, gender, nationality, economic class, background, social position. It is good news for all people. And the fact that this message of good news was first announced to a group of shepherds illustrates that truth so well. The news was not announced in the first instance to a king or to a wealthy group of businessmen or to the religious elite. It was announced to common everyday workers. Common shepherds. What an illustration that this good news is for all people. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world. The world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loves everyone. And he sent his son In love, as a gift to a lost, dying, and rebellious world, that whoever would believe on his son, Jesus Christ, would not perish, would not die, but would have instead eternal life that gives ceaseless joy. So, what is this good news of great joy that is brought first to these shepherds? The good news is actually a birth announcement. But this is, of course, not your average birth announcement. It's not your average birth announcement posted on Facebook or that you receive in the mail. But it comes from the voice of an angel shrouded in the very glory of God himself. The angel first tells the shepherds that the baby has been born in the city of David. There's a baby been born and this baby is born in the city of David, Bethlehem. Now, notice the angel does not say, the angel, that the baby's been born in Bethlehem, but rather in the city of David. That is significant. The angel is emphasizing that this is not just any city, but it's the city of David's birth. And the scriptures predicted that Messiah would come from Bethlehem and that he would be the greater David. Micah 5 2. But as for you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you will One will go forth to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. This is an eternal king ruling over an eternal throne. A king in the lineage of David, but far greater than David. A king that is indeed God Himself ruling over His creation Next, the angel tells them that the city, in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior. This one who has been born is a Savior. He is the one who would save them from their sins. You see, God is righteous and just and holy, and He must punish sin. Every act of sin must be paid for. And since every act of sin is an infinite rebellion against the eternal holy God, every act of sin must be infinitely paid for. We pay it ourselves through eternal judgment in hell, or instead, God in His mercy offers His Son Jesus Christ as our substitute, who paid the price for our sins on the cross as a sinless substitute. This is how Jesus would be the Savior. Jesus saves us from God's just punishment for our sin. That is why the child born in the night in Bethlehem was to be called Jesus. The Lord is salvation. This child who was born is not only Savior, but he is also Christ the Lord. These two titles of Messiah are placed side by side as if to say the Savior who has been born is the Christ Lord. The Messiah Lord. That He is both Messiah and He is God made flesh. He is the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah of the Old Testament, the One who's been sent by God, foretold by God, and He's also at the same time the Lord. He is in fact Yahweh Incarnate, in the flesh. Taking on the form of a servant to meet our greatest need. Only God's Son could come and live a sinless life and die in my place, praying that, paying that infinite price for my sins. Only God could do that and only God in the flesh could make that happen. This Jesus did and this Jesus is. So the good news of great joy is Jesus himself. The good news that produces great joy is that Jesus has come. That Jesus is the Savior. That Jesus is the Christ who is also the Lord. Jesus has come and with him has come salvation full and free. For all who will take it and receive it and believe it. So the good news of great joy is Jesus. This can be good news of great joy for you today. Jesus has come to save you from your sins. And everyone who turns from their sins and trusts in Jesus as their Savior receives forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And that produces within us great joy, which is intended for all the people let me tell you, the message of salvation is for you today. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know your background. I don't know the sins you've committed. I don't know the things you've done that nobody else knows about. But I do know this, that no sin that you've committed is too great to be forgiven by a merciful God. No sin that you've committed is too big and too gross. But that can't be forgiven By the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who came to die for you. But the only way you can receive that is by faith. By accepting it and trusting that Jesus is indeed who He claimed to be, the Son of God, incarnate, and the Savior of the world to all who will look upon Him in faith. Trust Him today. Jesus is the good news. Second lesson we learned today. Jesus transforms us into wanderers, worshipers, and witnesses. Not wanderers. My Hoosier accent sometimes misses those things. But wanderers, worshipers, and witnesses. Notice this. The shepherds immediately left their flock and they hurriedly make their way to Bethlehem. They've just been told the 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 news of of the millennium, right? The the news of all creation. This is is something no one else knows about. And they want to go and tell others. They wanted to see this child who'd been sent from God and whose birth the angelic host had heralded. Having seen the truth of what they'd been told as it had been validated through the sign, which was that they would find a babe wrapped in cloth lying in a manger. You don't normally put Newborn babies in feeding troughs. That's not standard practice. It's not recommended. But that would be the sign. That would be the indicator. There's only going to be one baby in all of Bethlehem who's newborn laying in a manger. That'll be your sign. Sure enough, they saw it just as it had been told them. They immediately began to tell others what they had been told about this child, verse 17. That is the normal response of those who found their Savior. To tell others, I've got good news and it results in great joy and I have to tell you about it. They tell others what they had seen. They must spread this news of great joy. These simple shepherds have, in the space of a single night, like Scrooge of old. They've been transformed into God's witnesses from shepherds to heralds, evangelists, proclaiming what they had seen and heard. That's what Jesus does in our lives as well. He transforms us into his witnesses, telling others what Jesus has done for us. It's what we're hearing in these baptism testimonies. Each of these people is testifying. They are witnessing to the grace of God that they have found in Jesus Christ. Jesus transforms us into his witnesses, sharing the good news of great joy for all people. But not only are we transformed into witnesses, there's another activity that characterizes the people that Jesus has transformed. And that is this. Jesus His person and His saving work fill us with wonder, awe, amazement. All who heard the shepherds telling of what they had seen were filled with wonder, verse 18. The word means amazement, astonishment, guffaw. And for good reason, the gospel is wonderful, is it not? It's an amazing truth that Jesus loves even me. Me, a traitor to my creator. Me, a rebel to the one who made me. And yet Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Leaves us with wonder that God would pursue us and initiate that By sending His only Son to save us from our sins. A saving act which would require the destruction of His Son on the cross. The physical beating. The spiritual suffering of becoming sin for us. Him who knew no sin became sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God through faith in Him. If the gospel doesn't fill you with wonder, then you need to think more deeply and more frequently about the gospel. Luke 2.19 here, this same section says that Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. She, she treasured them like a jewel and she turned it from side to side, looking at all the different angles, holding it in different lights. That's what we do with the gospel Because we can't get over how precious it is, what a treasure it is, how glorious it is. And we're filled with wonder. There's another activity that we see these shepherds engage in. Verse 20, they were glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen. Those who truly meet the Savior begin a lifelong pursuit and passion for praising and glorifying God. We become lifelong worshipers of Jesus Christ. God transforms us into worshipers. Now we have peace with God. Now our sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Now we are living for something beyond ourselves. We're living for the glory and praise of God and our life has become a life of worship. What about you? What do you worship today? What gets you excited? What causes you to wonder? What are you excited and eager to tell others about? If it's anything other than Jesus, you're on the wrong track. You've gotten sidetracked somewhere along the way. It's possible for Christians to become sidetracked and become more excited about other things. This is it. Jesus is the good news. Jesus is the hope of the world. Jesus is the light in the midst of the darkness. You don't have to die in your sins. You don't have to face God's wrath for eternity. Poured out against you because of your sin. Instead, today, you can experience God's love and mercy by receiving His Son, Jesus Christ, by faith as your Savior and Lord. Confess your sins to God. Receive Jesus as your personal Savior and surrender your life to Him. If you do this, you will have great joy that this good news was intended to produce in your life. Great joy that comes from knowing that your sins are forgiven, that you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Great joy in having life and having it abundantly. But you'll only find this joy in one place. You'll only find this joy in the one who was born in the city of David, The one whom they placed in a manger as a sign. The one who died on the cross and rose again the third day. The one who is the Savior, Christ the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, be honored in our hearts today. As we turn from sin once again and rebellion in our hearts. And we turn toward our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we see his glory. Glory is of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. Lord Jesus, we love you. We don't love you as much as we ought, but we love you. Grow us in love for you. Help us to treasure the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to hold it in our hands and view it from different angles and under different lights, to see just what a mystery this is that That God would love us even while we were still sinners. That Jesus Christ would die in our place. That the Holy Spirit would come and take up residence within us. Lord, your salvation is so great. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.